Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I don't know about you, but I've always been a bit of a sucker for the duty-free shop at the airport. The idea of getting stuff I don't really need, only much cheaper. I'm never really sure if it's even saving me any money, but I don't let that stop me. And I'm not alone. The global duty-free market is worth 70 billion US dollars a year. And that's predicted to rise to over 110 billion annually within the next five years. NPR's Planet Money's been telling stories about the global economy and the forces that shape it for more than a decade and over 900 episodes. And if economics reporting sounds a little bit dry and dull and not really your thing, then this show might surprise you. It's engaging, explains sometimes complex ideas in a way that makes sense and aren't too patronising. It'll even make you laugh. So back to the duty-free shop. How did this strange idea that air travel somehow qualifies you to save money on booze, perfume and chocolates even start? Planet Money hosts Robert Smith and Karen Duffin explain. The story of duty-free starts with a bit of Irish luck. In the 1940s, when people were traveling from New York to London or Paris, they were in these propeller planes. And to refuel, they had to land in the first runway they saw after crossing the Atlantic. And that was Western Ireland, County Clare, along the Shannon River. And so here was this former mud flat that all of a sudden became the grand gateway to Europe. In the 40s and 50s, every famous person that crossed the Atlantic almost certainly wound up going through Shannon. So movie stars, uh, presidents, prime ministers, kings and queens, they they all landed at Shannon. They all had to land at Shannon Airport. Brian O'Connell was a businessman in the region, still lives there. And he says that everyone realized pretty quickly that they needed to upgrade the local amenities for all these movie stars. In those days, the airplane ride from the United States was long and uncomfortable and bumpy. Sometimes it was even in these flying boats, basically planes that would land on water. Um, you were probably tired. You could be cold because obviously the, uh, particularly the flying boats flew quite low over the Atlantic compared with uh, planes today. So people were looking forward particularly to good food and good drink. This is when our duty-free hero, Dr. Brendan O'Regan, enters the story. Don't let the doctor part fool you. It is an honorary degree. Brendan O'Regan had been a bartender, a hotel clerk, a caterer. And when the Shannon Airport realized that all the movie stars were coming, they needed someone quick. They hired Brendan O'Regan to feed them. He was a man who was very soft-spoken, quiet, calm. There was no nonsense about him. When the movie stars got their pictures taken, you could sometimes see O'Regan in the background. He's a dapper man with sandy hair, slicked back. O'Regan had this knack for promotion from the very beginning. Rather than continental cuisine, which is what they were serving at airports everywhere, he served Irish food. But he dolled it up with all these place names. Oh, look, this is Kerry Lamb and Dublin Prawns and Limerick Butter. And when he would serve whiskey in the coffee... He topped it off with this thick layer of local cream, and he named it the very first 
Irish coffee. Wait, O'Regan created the very first Irish coffee? It's delicious. Irish coffee is the best. There at the Shannon Airport. And he ran this little kiosk next to the restaurant. And it was it was nothing, really. Little mini bottles of whiskey and trinkets and cheap stuff. But the important point here is that everything was always taxed back in those days. Well, not everything, because O'Regan noticed that there was this loophole. In the British Isles, it had been a tradition that sailors about to head off on a long sea voyage could bring on board rum and whiskey without paying duties. Yep. Which, I don't know, why, why would they do that? Just to keep, keep the crews happy? Or? I think that's right. Yeah, I'd suggest that must have been an element of it, or have them sleep off a lot of the time. I don't know. But that was a tradition that went way back to... I think 17th century or way, way, way back, hundreds of years. And strangely, this loophole was still in effect in O'Regan's day. In 1950, he was on a trip to the United States, and he decides not to fly back to Shannon, but to take a cruise ship, the SS America. And O'Regan notices when he's on board that the alcohol in the ship is way less expensive than the stuff he's been serving at the airport. All this alcohol and tobacco was being sold duty-free. Because they were in international waters, this is like the law of the high seas. They were, in, they were on the high seas. So he said, wait, now we're competing with these guys by air. It's not fair that I can't have the same tax advantages they had. And this was the genius of Brendan O'Regan. He went to the Irish government and he said, essentially, what are airplanes but boats of the sky? That's kind of true. True. And what are airline passengers but modern-day sailors of the clouds? Right. Do they not also deserve their tax-free rum and perfume and Haribo brand gummy bears? There were not Haribo brand gummy bears. His exact words are lost to history. But we do know that a lot of people in the Irish government said, wait, tax-free? Are you kidding me? Because every department of finance, every customs people worldwide resist uh, giving away tax revenue. Sure. And particularly in this case, morally, the idea of who you, who's benefiting out of this, wealthy people who f- fly the Atlantic in planes. I mean, that's only a tiny percent of the population. Why should we do any good for them? The government stood to lose a lot of money if they went with this tax-free scheme because in some cases, when you buy alcohol, most of the price tag is actually taxes. Yeah, for, for example, I mean, just even taking today, if you buy a bottle of wine down the street here in the United States, there is a duty added to the cost of that wine if the wine comes from overseas. But even if the wine is made in the United States, there is a federal excise tax on alcohol added to the price. And then each and every state adds their own excise taxes to the wine. And this is all hidden in the price tag. Plus, then when you bring the wine to the counter, often you have to pay sales tax again on the total. Brendan O'Regan said to the Irish government, yes, yes, you will lose some money in taxes. But in the long run, if we do this, we'll attract people to come to Shannon. If we attract people to come to Shannon, they'll see Ireland. Some of them might decide to go and visit the place will make people aware of Irish goods. Irish whiskey was not properly, it was, it was minuscule in the U.S. compared with uh, Scotch whiskey. And uh, we'll make money because uh, I have the franchisee of, of this government-owned uh, uh, airport and uh, I'll, you're making the profits, so I'll, I'll make you a lot more profits. And particularly, I'll make you dollar profits. Dollar profits. So Ireland said, all right, let's try it. But 
We are keeping you on a very short leash. O'Regan opened the first duty-free shop in the Shannon Airport in 1951. Okay. It was only for passengers. And he did this trick that you will recognize from today. It was located between the lounge and the restaurant, so you had to walk through it to get to anything. I hate that. No, this is brilliant. And just like he'd promised the government, he featured local foods and crafts. I saw an early photo hanging in the airport. There's a picture of uh, Gene Kelly, the the uh, the old dancer from the old days, buying butter or cheese or something. And he's at the duty-free, and they're selling what looks like uh, a, a ham, bacon, honey, cheese, jam, and eggs. Wait, was this like a farmer's market in the airport? I think the local stuff was kind of for show, because honestly, from the beginning, this was all about cigarettes and alcohol. Whiskey and smokes were apparently one-third the price you would pay outside the airport. It was so cheap that the Irish government was paranoid that Irish gangs would try to smuggle alcohol out of the airport. I mean, you could make a fortune, right? They required O'Regan to take inventory three times a day. He had to account for every single bottle. If he accidentally dropped or misplaced a single bottle, he would have to pay all the taxes on it. And this was a hit. Within just six months, O'Regan had to expand the store because all of these other manufacturers wanted their products in there, too. I mean, this was a captive market of rich people sure. on vacation. Yeah. So in came the Leica cameras and the Omega Swiss watches. And even relatively inexpensive products discovered that they could get some of that airport glamour by just getting placed between the Chanel Number no. 5 and the cuckoo clocks. At least that's what Mr. Tobler of Switzerland thought. Mr. Tobler was a, was a real person. Wait, Mr. Tobler? Theodore Tobler, Theodore Tobler, who created the chocolate bar. Not just any chocolate bar, the Toblerone, a triangular prism of deliciousness. It was sold in that very first Shannon duty-free shop. Tom Armitage is an executive with Mondelez International, which owns Toblerone. The word comes from the combination, obviously, of his surname with the Italian word torrone, which means it's kind of like nuca. It's kind of like that uh, nutty, chewy, uh, toffee kind of confection. We'd say nougat. Nougat? Sorry, that's my British. I don't think I've ever said it out loud. Nougat. Nougat. I just called it nougat, but we can call it nugget if you... Nugget, um, nougat. Anyway, but I know that duty-free was a huge break for the chocolate bar which is odd because there aren't really heavy duties and taxes on chocolate, not like alcohol. But it did fit the duty-free aesthetic. It was kind of weird, fancy looking, yet you could buy it with leftover change in your pocket from what you didn't spend on that Swiss watch. Exactly. It would take a few more years for Toblerone and the duty-free concept to spread worldwide. All these international delegations would visit O'Regan's shop and they saw how much he was making, and they thought, wait a minute, anyone could do this. Amsterdam opened the second duty-free shop in the world in their airport in 1957. In 1962, a private company, DFS, opened the first duty-free shop in the United States, in Hawaii. Tom Armitage, the Toblerone guy, says that the numbers just took off from there. Duty-free stores will do $70 billion worth of business just this year. Wow. Robert Smith and Karen Duffin on NPR's Planet Money, episode number 841, The Land of Duty Free. And that episode was originally published on May the 11th, 2018.
And if you'd like to listen to more, then go to rnz.co.nz forward slash podcast hour. And there's a list of 10 favourite Planet Money episodes that was prepared to mark the show's 10th anniversary last year. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.